0: welcome to the just minding my black owned business podcast the place to be if you are a business owner entrepreneur or business leader wanting to take your business from good to great tune in as we speak with amazing thought leaders ceos and business trailblazers about their journey challenges and successes here's your host and business innovation expert lynn
1: nicole before today maybe before 2015 even you know, uh, everybody loves black people in February, and after February, it's like we'll see you next February. You know, it's so, like, but like if you love me, you know, Destiny Child says, "Say my name all year <laughs> long." If you love me, if you really value me, and you you believe that my my heritage is rich, then show me some love all year round. And that's not what happens. And saying you love me it's not enough. Right? You got to show me. This is this is how trust is established, when your actions and your words align. So it's not enough for marketers to say things is what are you actually going to do?
2: Thousands of people around the US and the world have gathered to protest police violence and the unjust deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aburi, and many others. Within the last several weeks alone, many notable corporations, sports teams, brands, and influencers have felt compelled to also speak out. On this episode, Our featured guest, Marcus Collins, cultural strategist and keynote speaker, will shed some light on how the business world should go about navigating these vital social issues that have swept the nation. Customers, especially millennials and Gen Z are now holding brands to a much higher social standard than ever before. And they are increasingly putting their money behind brands who are willing to speak up for a cause. So with that said, communicating the political opinion has always been, you know, a little bit tricky and creates a hard to navigate situation for most companies. With our country being in such bad shape right now, how should businesses think about their response?
1: So I think that, you know, the point you make is spot on, that not just millennials and Gen Z's, not generationally, but we as individuals, because of the transparency that is the hyper-connected web that we live in, they what we wear, what we buy, where we go, what we consume, what we do, how we style ourselves, are all emblematic. They're all signals of our identity. They're receipts of our identity. And therefore, the brands that we adorn, they're the, what the brand stands for, what the brand is all about, has to be congruent with what we're, with, what we're all about and what how we see the world, which is why people want to know where brands stand on particular matters. Because if a brand is out of sync with my belief system, I don't want to wear that brand. I don't want anyone to see me donning that brand and, as a result, believe that my that my stance is aligned. Therefore, you know, as much as marketers are told to don't be political and like, you know, try not to offend anyone and you know, you to make sure, because every, every dollar is green, no matter the race, creed, belief system, political affiliation, et cetera, I think those days are done. Just because at the very nature of the transparency that is the social web that we live in, and therefore there's an expectation to know what side of the fence you live on. So for marketers, it's time for us to really think about what do we believe? Mm-hmm. And the benefit of that is that it doesn't only help us when it comes to people kind of figuring out where we stand on a particular issue, but it helps us move beyond the value propositions of our products to really establish relationships with consumers, which is what we're after anyway.
2: Well, when is the right time for a business to to decide that we need to say something publicly? about what is happening in our community?
1: I suppose the right time is subjective. So for some, uh, they're different than others. I'd say, generally speaking, the most advantageous time uh, when it's most meaningful is when it's not convenient. By that I mean, you know, conviction requires standing for something if no one else does, right? Like I believe this, even if I'm the only one, I'm gonna stand by it, even if everybody else sees this thing differently. But if you, when you decide to speak up, when you decide to take a stand, when everyone else is standing, well, that's super convenient, right? There is no uh, there is no potential blowback when everyone is doing it. So I would argue that for a company that wants to take a stand, take a stand as soon as you become aware. Take a stand as soon as it hits you that hey, this is either in line or out of line with our belief system, therefore we're gonna speak up and say something. Uh, but when, it, when you wait for it to be, you know, uh, in vogue, when you wait for it to be sort of uh, commonplace or expected, it just doesn't feel as meaningful, it doesn't feel as powerful. Um, and I imagine for consumers who see it once everyone else does it, it's like, great, cool but it doesn't feel like you're one of us.
2: Yeah. Like they just are just trying to be a part of something that has already started.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Stand up when it's inconvenient. Mm -hmm. That that's meaningful. That means it really matters to you. And I know you're down. Like I know you're what you're with me because you're willing to lose customers. You're willing to lose money. You're willing to risk it all because this is what you believe. And that is, that is conviction at its core You know, we talk a lot about like passion like you know what are we passionate about mm-hmm. well the root word of passion comes from the, la- the the origin of passion comes from suffering from what are you for what are you willing to suffer right and this is what conviction is about that i am willing to to, to to die on the fence you know because not on the fence but i do to it to die on my shield because i believe <laughs> On the fence, yeah, right. Like, I'm willing to to dial my sword, follow my sword for this because of what I believe. I am passionate about it, therefore, I'm willing to struggle because of it.
2: And the more transparent you are, the more inclined that they are, they will gravitate towards you. That you build that trust foundation, I say, that we lack
1: a lot of. That's right. And if you aren't transparent, the internet will be transparent for you, like, you're going to find out. And that's both the the gift and the curse of the social web. What do you think
2: members of the black community want to hear from businesses right now?
1: I'd say that the black community, myself included, we want to hear that we're not alone, that this is not our fight alone, that they're allies in in the space with us. They're people who are not only say they're with us but more importantly that they stand with us, and that's sort of where marketers often fall short. There's a lot of lip service. There's a lot of, we believe this, we stand for that. Well, let's see it. If before now, before today, maybe before 2015 even, you know, uh, everybody loves Black people in February. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then after February, it's like, we'll see you next February. You know, so, but like, if you love me, you know, Destiny Child says, say my name all year <laughs> long. You know, if you love me, if you really value me, you you believe that my 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 heritage is rich, then show me some love all year round. And that's not what happens. And saying you love me, it's not enough. Right? You gotta show me. This is how trust is established. And your actions and your words align. So it's not enough for marketers to say things. Because what are you actually going to do? And I think that this is this is where this is where things fall down because markers are still just trying to figure out what to say. You know, if you look at the uh the, the 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 statements that come out from companies, you know, they're like, you know, we we you know, adamantly stand against discrimination and racial injustice, and it's like, yeah, you're supposed to. What do you mean? Like, like That's not saying, something you need to think about. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I didn't even think that you were racist, but now that you've mentioned it, <laughs> it's like, of course you're supposed to. Like, mm-hmm. like, like you want credit for things that are supposed to happen. But what do you believe? Like, what do you stand for as a company? And you know what? And if you don't stand for it, cool. Good to know. And I will therefore engage based on how I consume.
2: Exactly.
1: and, And to me, these things are all, they're all very common sense. When we think about this at a human level, we think about it as a people level, you know, don't tell me you're with me, but don't stand for me when I'm in trouble. Don't tell me that you know you care about me, but when I need you, you're not available. Like we know that when it comes to our friends and our loved ones, etc. And because relationships biologically, cognitively, are erected, constructed and negotiated the same way they are between us and brands and us with people, the same expectations are, are, are expected of brands to deal with us like humans.
2: Yes, and, and 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 I feel like now Black Lives Matter is now the new trend. You know, everyone's like, okay, well, we'll just put hashtag Black, Black Lives Matters. Or they are now advocating like the gentleman, and I have nothing against uh, Mr. Graham. I think it's org. I saw a uh, commercial, which I've never seen before. I was watching CNN, and he came on, and he was like, Hello everyone, I'm Billy Graham, and I want you to know that black lives does matter. (laughs) And if you wanna pray with me, you can. And if you did do this prayer with me, please call us today to speak to an evangelist now. Okay, I'm like, really? It's like a fad going on. It's like, what is going on here?
1: Well, I think it's it's become, you know, expected. It's become expected, you know. So you think about like uh, 2012, we had Prop 8 happen. Uh, we're voting on, on gay marriage. And I, that was a major turning point, um, not only in the discourse about what it means to be gay in America, but you saw brands starting to don the the rainbow flag, the gay pride flag. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it seemingly everyone did. Right, because it was in vogue. Like it was no longer taboo, or you were no longer taking big risks to say that we stand for we stand for gay pride,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, and at that point, a company coming out saying, "Yeah, us too," it's like okay, like it's it's hip now, it's cool. Of course you like it. Like you know, and, you know of course you like Drake now because everybody <laughs> likes Drake. But were you rocking with Drake when he first came out? I mean, that that's sort of where 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 it becomes these movements in the eyes of marketers become these cultural flashpoints as opposed to meaningful commitments.
2: Well, once a business decides to make a public statement, what are some guidelines that you would suggest in crafting it?
1: I think that uh, the, the guidelines should be, be honest, be candid, be human. And, you know, while I think well, you know, I, 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 really applaud the companies who are saying, who say, Hey, you know, we didn't do a good job at this before, but now we are. And here's what we're going to do. Um, I, I appreciate that. It's like, listen, cause every, we're, we're all ignorant to something, all of us. Right. So I, I, I welcome anyone's awakening to say, wow, I see it now. Maybe it took me too long, but now I see it and here's what we're going to do. Perfect. Great. In some cases, some companies say, hey, we have noticed this. We have done some some things, but we haven't done enough. I appreciate that too. Like, you know, don't break your arm trying to pat yourself on your back, of course. Uh, But I appreciate that. And I think that essentially what this comes down to is just be human. Mm -hmm. Just be real, just be human. Like, Hey, this is what we believe. We believe this. Therefore, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, continue to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and make these particular tr- strides forward, and then stay
2: transparent after the fact.
1: Yeah, yeah. This, they don't jump out the window for a moment because <laughs> it was hot. And then once you know, once the, the once the block cools off, you go back to your normal, exactly. or perhaps even worse, say we wrote a check, mm. leave me alone.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. like, really, that.
1: <laughs> In the movies like you know the, the rich parents who don't want to deal with their kids write a check to, you know, get rid of their kid, right? Like, go do that, go to boarding school, go do whatever. Um, And like, you know, you you can't treat people that way. You can't treat communities of people that way, especially people who consume, especially people who have been, you know, at least transactionally loyal to, to your company.
2: What would you say some common pitfalls would be for businesses that try to take action on social issues? Because it can be a scary thing, you know, to step out there, Yeah, first time get your toe in the water.
1: Totally, it is, it is is scary. Um, It's scary because you're the only one, and everything about the human condition says, don't be the only one. (laughs) You wanna fit in, not stand out, because (laughs) evolutionary speaking, you stood out, you're probably gonna get killed. Mm-hmm. So you want you want to. There's safety in numbers. There's safety in, in, in fitting in. Uh, but for the companies who are brave enough, to are courageous enough, to step out, I think that is a sign of, of 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 good intent. Their intentions are good, and that's awesome. But they have to be aware. You be culturally aware. Understand the nuances that go into how. Those, the, the group of people that you're wanting to engage, in this case, the Black community, which is not a monolith, by the way, mm-hmm. but the Black community, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which is a capital C, because there are fragmentations of what that really means.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but this community that we want to engage, understanding the nuances of what it means to be Black, understanding that there is, it's not a monolith, it's quite heterogeneous, and understanding what things mean so that the words you use aren't offensive. So that the way you phrase things are spot on. You know, I, I really credit Ben and Jerry's who made a big statement. It's like we must dismantle white supremacy, like burn it down. Mm-hmm. And the community's like, A man. It's like don't <laughs> give me like don't give me, you know, like, you know, legally speak. Don't give me, you know, the 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 PC way to put it where you don't offend anybody. Say it, man. Bible says, you know, uh, write the vision and make it plain. You know, like make it plain. We want to dismantle white supremacy. Dismantle it, one hundred percent. Like, and that that sort of candor really speaks to the beliefs, the nuances of the community. And you know, Ben and Jerry's is beloved, and Ben and Jerry. And think about Ben and Jerry's is that this ain't new for them. They've always been about that life. They've always been activists. For marginalized communities. None of that is new, which is why when Ben and Jerry does that, when they do speak out, the community applauds, like, amen.
0: You're listening to the Just Minding My Black-Owned Business Podcast. We'll be right back after this break.
4: Have you heard about the new Black Business Directory? Welcome to Click Urban. Here, you can find hundreds of businesses owned by us. Whatever business professional you're looking for, they're right here. And the best part is, membership is absolutely free. Just go to www.theclickurban.com, sign up for a free account, create your free listing, and boom, you're done. Begin surfing the largest black business directory online and be seen by hundreds of customers and clients all in one place. Get exposure on all of the major search engines, including Google. Our innovative platform includes search engine optimization that will make your listing easy to find. This is the hottest new business directory created for us by us. Join today. Go to
0: www.theclickurban.com. And now, back to Just Minding My Black-Owned Business Podcast with Lynn Nicole.
2: So they stuck their toe in the water. They took that leap of faith. They took a stand, right? And they did all that they wanted to do with true conviction. What are the consequences, if any, are there for businesses that do decide to take a stand? Because I just feel like there are some out there. There are some backlashes that can happen.
1: Of course, you're going to alienate the people who don't see the world the way you do. And, and with that may come quite frankly financial consequences but that's what conviction is all about you know i'm going to say this thing because i believe it and if you don't rock with me cool it ain't for everybody mm-hmm. So, i think about the, the it's easier when we think about it in like human terms as opposed to like brands and companies if a politician you know says they believe in a thing right They're 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 pro-guns and then, you know, everyone who is anti-guns is like, well, we're anti-guns. And then the politician says, well, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm sort of anti-guns, but I'm pro-guns too. I'm sort of kind of in the middle, and they kind of always flip-flop. You go, I can't trust this guy or woman. I can't trust this person. This person doesn't, doesn't believe in anything. And it's sort of how companies function as well, is that they don't take a stance or they like kind of play the fence and they, so they don't want to offend anyone. They're friends with everybody and they love everyone. Everyone is, you know, everyone is for them. They want their, 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 their products to be consumed by everybody. And that works at a company level. But when it comes to brand who want to build human relationships with people, that's not how humans work. Yes. And if your idea is that we are for everybody, we want everyone to, to love us and to consume us, then you're going to have to be a political a a, um, a justice a, a everything human mm-hmm. a human basically human. <laughs> right. and you know, when that happens you don't build relationships that way mm-hmm. the person who's friends with everybody is friends with no one. Oh, i love that i'm going to have to write that one down so they don't, they don't stand for anything <laughs> you know they they hang when they're with this people they act that way when they're with this people they act that way when they're those people they act that way they're, they they they're constantly blowing in the wind depending on who they're with
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can't trust that person.
3: You, know,
1: you see those politicians where they, you know, they said something, they're all about the people, and then you see them at a, a luncheon with some donors and they say some really foul stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can't trust you then because you're not you're not the same. You're not authentic. You're not who you said you were. Exactly. And and right. that's
2: what you want around you, people who are on that same level as you, who are like you say, rocking with you have those same beliefs you but they become loyal
1: consumers then exactly exactly like that's who you want around you when it comes to being a person and even as a company you want the people with you who believe because they use that brand they use your brand to communicate their identity and from a financial perspective you get great customer lifetime value they stick around longer Mm -hmm. you stick around longer.
2: Exactly. I'm just
1: saying you want to build those grassroots.
2: That's just, it is, bottom line, you need to build it. Do you think that in general, businesses are learning that lesson, that they need to be real more than they ever have been before?
1: I'm not sure if they, I'll say it this way, I'm not 100% sure that they have learned the lesson, but I do think that they have realized the blind spot that they have. Mm -hmm they realize that what they thought was the status quo is not representative of everyone else's worldview. And as a result, they're looking around and seeing that, wow, everybody in this room who makes the decisions don't represent the voices of marginalized communities who are major consumers of our products. Um, They're realizing that the things they put in the world are oftentimes uh, anemic, of cultural understanding. And as a result, they get blasted out of the water. They get tons of backlash because it's so out of step with, with culture um, of these communities they wanna tap into. And as a result, they have to think to themselves, wait a minute, let's stop for a moment and kind of figure out you know, how do we best do this? And I'm not sure they necessarily know, um, but this has certainly become a, uh, an awakening of where some of the blind spots are.
2: Well, what else should companies be doing, do you think?
1: I get to know people. And I know that sounds simplistic and oversimplified, but that's really the core of everything we're supposed to do as marketers. Our business, our job as marketers is to influence behavior, to get people to move. And the only way you get people to move is to understand people, which requires great, great intimacy and a radical sense of empathy, right? Getting very close to people, but also being able to see the world through their lenses to understand their worldview. And the better we do that, the better we understand their world and the way they make meaning of the world, and the better we can serve them as as a company, as community members, the alike. that's right. I know,
2: that's right. You need to be at every flipping business out there and letting them know this, Wait,
1: (laughs) Somebody needs to, that's for sure. Somebody,
2: I mean, we need to make t-shirts or something.
1: Yeah, amen.
2: Out there, goodness gracious. Okay, so I, on a lighter note, because I've been saving this question for last, which I'm sure you get all the time. So you were the head of the digital strategy for Beyonce. Sounds like, of course, it was a dream job to have. How was your experience working for Beyonce?
1: You know, it was pretty amazing, uh, particularly to, to work with an artist at that high of a caliber. I mean, she's at the time and arguably still is. She's the biggest artist on the planet. So to work at that level of excellence is, is a blessing. Uh, but furthermore, she is a human being is just awesome. Like you would think someone at that status would be, would be difficult, demanding, diva-like, etc. cetera, mm-hmm. but that, that's not even close to describing this woman. She is a beautiful human being. She knows what she wants, and you know she's serious about what she wants. She's committed uh, to her craft, uh, but she's poised and and gracious um, and, ex- and warm and accepting, wow. um, and she's just, just very, very human, and I've always – I actually had to work pretty closely with her um, in the instances that we were together, and, and, and being in the room with her and hearing her feedback and, like, hearing her – hear feedback from others i was very taken by someone at that stature to be so pleasant
2: because she seems very well grounded she is she's in she's, interviews she's are there, awesome. i've seen her and she does
1: that's awesome yeah she's how- amazing
2: okay well how can our listeners connect
1: with you marcus So uh, you can find me uh, throughout all the social channels at my handle, Mark to the C. -C This M-A-R-C-T-O-T-H-E-C, or at my website, www.marktothesea.com. Nice. Well, Marcus, thank you
2: again for coming on the show. Definitely hope that you're able to join us again in the
1: future. Yes, indeed. Thanks for having me.
0: Success is to be
2: measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which one has overcome while trying to succeed. Booker T. Washington wrote those words more than a century ago. And what has become very clear is that some companies do recognize that it is time to examine the lack of diversity within hiring committees and the workforce. Diversity and inclusion are more than just buzzwords. They are essential to business success. When you connect diversity to business outcomes, people pay attention. Here to shed some light on this very topic is our next guest, Will Shelton, CEO and founder of Willpower Integrated Marketing. Everything going on with COVID 19 and Black Lives Matter, diversity and inclusion more so than ever now seems to be a very hot topic in the workforce. Can you speak on the experiences you've had dealing with corporate America and navigating through that space? Yeah, I
5: can. Um, Basically, since I'm an agency and a consultant, I haven't worked for an employer, but I think I felt it most as um, a supplier uh, because I help global brands and agencies craft marketing campaigns to target the African-American consumer, so I felt it most when they don't have enough diversity suppliers to help them with their campaigns. Um, They cut budgets really fast when it comes to African-American targeted marketing, so I felt it most when they've cut the budget and they bring me to the table, we speak about negotiate, and then I just get ghosted where I don't hear back from them or they say the budget got cut. So that's been, um, the most experiences I've had with the, over the last 23 years. Plus I would say, um, back in the day when I first started just because they didn't understand the, um, cultural capital that existed in barbershops and salons. That's where I usually connect with my, um, my advertisers with that consumer, they didn't understand, so I always would have to do a seminar for them and educate them on you know, the buying power that we have in the community and in our culture. So those are some of the experiences that I've had personally with my business.
2: Are you able to share with our, the business owners um, that are listening today, what are measurable actions businesses can take for diversifying their company?
5: Uh, Diversifying your company. First, I would say that um, a a business owner should really identify with their niches and they should really narrow down their target audience. Um, And what your niche is, is that's what is missing in the industry or something that you may find to be of great value. And, and that's getting down to the real DNA of your business and finding out the uniqueness of your business because unique is better than being better. So really identifying a niche and really targeting your audience or your consumer, that's, that's one point. The second one would be to um, strengthen your brand identity. Um, what your brand message is going to be because a lot of times you have a lot of brand identity crises. The company doesn't know who they really are. So you really need to position yourself, um, in, in your industry or where your niche is. And that may even be putting together a media kit to help strengthen your brand identity to start getting the word out about your business through interviews, through, uh, media outlets. And that's another way to diversify your business. And I think the third way would be to really develop, um, at this time in in day and age with COVID going on and all of the uh, restructuring, I think um, to have an experimental money bucket put aside because you're going to need to do some experimenting, you're going to have to try some things out, and you probably may not want to put a lot of money into it, so put aside a little experimental money bucket.
2: Like the test bucket,
5: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> where we'll test things out to see the pros and cons, so you can start learning what your pros and cons are, basically.
5: It, exactly, and, and start learning like Um, what works and and what doesn't work because I mean you don't want to put a lot of money into something that hasn't been tested yet Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you test it out before you go for the long haul for that
2: well I'm curious to know what does an ideal inclusive organization really look like
5: yeah I think a diverse and inclusion organization first of all they need to have a real commitment to the diversity. Um, They really need to make sure that from the C-suite executive level all the way down to the retail level, they have minorities in those seats and in those positions to make sure that when you're developing marketing campaigns, whenever (laughs) you're setting agendas, that you have all those voices there Mm -hmm. so that... Your company can have a a greater business outcome and really generate more revenue. So I would say just starting out, if you're a company who really hasn't worked on that, if you start at at least 15% of your company from the executive suite level on down, 15% having minorities, that's a good start but you wanna really try to increase that from year to year.
0: You're listening to the Just Minding My Black-Owned Business Podcast. We'll be right back after this break.
6: Leankwe Chavette is the author of the debut novel, We Made Plans. It chronicles the lives of a group of longtime friends in the midst of living their best lives when they experience a horrific trajectory-altering event. We Made Plans is a powerful piece taken right out of today's headlines. It's riveting and real. You'll become completely immersed in the lives of these relatable characters. We Made Plans by author Leonque Chevette is available online at Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Amazon, Mahogany Books, and check your local bookstores. We made plans. Available now. Hi, this is Jennifer Bryant, life coach, career coach, consultant, speaker from Reaching Within an Empowerment Journey. Welcome. I want to share with you about my 30-day journal to overcoming personal challenge to achieve professional success. It is a uniquely crafted 30-day interactive journal where I share my story of how I overcame traumatic events and climbed the corporate ranks from clerk typist to executive. This journal provides inspirational quotes, blank pages, and prompts that will empower you to reflect and set goals to achieve for personal and professional success. These coaching prompts will help you reach within to balance your life through maintaining a positive attitude and mindset, enhancing self-awareness, managing stress, and handling disappointment. Reach within to regain your power to live your life victoriously and successfully. You can find my book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can order it directly from my site at reachingwithinempowerment.com.
0: And now, back to Just Minding My Black Owned Business podcast with Lynn Nicole.
2: So, what would you say is the most difficult part of implementing a DNI program, Diversity and Inclusion program? What would be the most difficult part of implementing that?
5: I think the most difficult part is really working on the unconscious bias that goes on in companies, the the broken culture that exists. Um, sometimes you got to take that old broken culture, take it out in the backyard and kill it and start over. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, you know, you have to look at what your convictions are in the inner constitution of that company to really, you know, you really can never go outside dude. Business to find out what's going wrong. You have to look inside, and businesses have to look inside and they have to get real because you get nowhere until you get real. Mm -hmm. And in order to heal, you have to deal with the situation. So I think um, you can't really just say, I'm going to go hire, you know, 10 more African American executives and bring them in because that may not be real cohesive. They may not have the chemistry needed. So, I mean, it's like a track team, a relay team. You can't just get four record holders and put them on the same track team and think that they're going to get to the Olympics and win because that never works. You end up dropping the baton on one of the handoffs because you really didn't have the cohesiveness and you didn't do in the practice and the rehearsing that was needed between all those executives and new people on the team.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: So that's what I would say. And then I think, um, I think you just can't see it as being an insurmountable thing. A lot of companies right now with what's going on, they, they see it as being insurmountable and it's not. They can come out of the darkness and they can hold up the light and they really can, can start and begin again. They just need to know that they can begin again.
2: I'm about to switch reels on you cause I know we're talking about diversity and inclusion,
5: mm-hmm.
2: you know? but I did read your article on the 150 or the 150 point inspection of brands. It was a great article and I just want our listeners to uh, hear you speak on that a little, mm-hmm. if you don't mind.
5: What's going on now is, you know, consumers they understand that there's not the diversity at the company that's needed. And they're calling companies out, they're calling brands out, they have campaigns, and they're looking under the hood and they're doing a 150 point inspection on your company to see if your stance lines up with your stats. They they really wanna see if you're telling the truth or if you're being truant in what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so they're doing like an MRI and they really want to know from top to bottom, is your solidarity solid? Mm -hmm. That's what they really want to know. And um, they're holding you accountable and they're giving you a chance, though. You know, they'll say we're going to check back in in six months. We want to see a plan of action and we want to see transparency and we want to see some progress. So that's what's going on when I mentioned the 150-point inspection.
2: They want to know if they are supporting Black Lives Matter.
5: Yeah, they want to know did Black Lives Matter before Black Lives Matter.
2: Yeah, because I know like when I was reading your article, uh, the big brands, Target, Ben & Jerry's, Nike, they've all made statements, of course, offering their support. Um, What's your thought on that?
5: Well, you know what I think is those companies that have already had good relationships with the African-American community before the Black Lives Matter movement, they're, you know they're genuine and you know they're authentic. The ones that jumped on the bandwagon after, you're not too sure about. You just have to see in the future if they're consistent and if they keep their commitments. I love that. Um, ben and Jerry's and Nike and Adidas stood up, but but Nike had some ruffled feathers and Adidas did too because they claimed a stance, but their stats didn't line up and they had a, some microaggressions that had already gone on years before. and And that came from under the carpet. So they had to deal with that. So companies have to realize, look, if you make a stance you better make sure that your house is in order before you come out with a strong stance.
2: Wow, yeah, because a lot of them are coming out from the woodworks, a lot. It just kind of makes it very difficult to know who to trust and who not to trust. When it's like it's open season now, like Black Lives Matter is the new trend
5: Yeah. It's like a brand, the black lives matter brand. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And and that's a scary thought because you don't want to be taken advantage of because of the movement. Exactly. What are some easy to replicate programs that our business owners can put in place to make a difference?
5: What I would, what I, this is what I've I've been coaching different brands and agencies on this exact topic okay what i've been suggesting to them is to make commitments in the areas of education in the areas of investing in minority-owned businesses in the community because small businesses are the lifeblood of the communities and if these businesses go down the country goes down these are the cornerstones of, of the community so they need to make investments in the minority owned businesses and and female owned businesses. And another um, commitment they can make is um, scholarships and bridging the gap between those young minorities that wanna get into certain industries, but usually they're choosing young people from certain Ivy League colleges So those gaps need to be bridged. So we need to develop a pipeline and develop like, I would say, like a minor league, just like baseball teams have and bring them up to the majors. So you need to have a real pool of talent developed going all the way back to, for me, to the eighth and ninth grade where you have career days Mm. and have speakers come in and talk to the students and let them know they have these options and have, summer camps and internships that eighth, ninth graders and high schoolers can go to and attend so that pipeline is created. So those are some of the fabulous things that they could do.
2: Okay, Awesome. You've given us some really good insight. Um, what would be the best way for our listeners to connect with you?
5: Oh, they can contact me directly on my Instagram. Um, my handle is I am, the letter M, willpower with one L. And that's the handle for my Instagram, I am willpower. And then they can reach me on my, they can email me will at willpowerent.net and will is with one L
2: well with one L. Awesome. Okay. Is there anything that you would like to speak on that I did not ask you or some nuggets that you want to drop to the listeners today? Yeah.
5: I mean, yeah. I wanted to say that a lot of times, you know, dealing with um, the systemic racism within these corporations and the broken culture, it's, it's like a, a preexisting condition that's malignant and that is metastasized for generations.
3: Mm-hmm. And
5: now it's so bad that you have to almost do what you call salvage chemotherapy to, re- to remotely save what's left, but it, but it can be done. But that's the analogy that I use for what's going on in the corporations.
4: Well, that was deep. I,
5: and I do wanna say that, that there's a lot of tough decisions to make today for everybody. And a tough decision is not a tough decision because you don't know the answer, but it's a tough decision because you know the answer. Yet most of us aren't willing to conjure up the courage to do what we know.
6: Very
2: true. Scared to take that first step.
5: Yeah, that first step. The
2: first one doing it and no one else is doing it.
5: Exactly. And that takes a lot of faith. And it takes the faith is connected to purpose. And if you have a purpose, you'll be more willing to step out because you know that there's something that you're supposed to do that nobody else is in this world. And you'll be more willing to step out there if you have a belief and if you know that you can meet that challenge.
2: Wow, that was a great segue into the, for me, wrapping up this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you again for coming on the show, Will. It has Been absolutely insightful. And I do hope that you will come back on the show to drop more knowledge on us.
5: Yes, I definitely would like to because I have a lot of things coming up that I um, would love to share with your audience and just more inspirational, impactful information that's going to be coming. And I know a lot of people that's listening, they really, really need to hear this. I don't know who it's for. But I know somebody out there needs to hear this.
2: It's always someone that needs to hear something, you know. To recap, most successful brands are built from the inside out, each powered by a culture that is fully committed to living the brand. And the importance of diversity and inclusion plays a very important role in this equation. What will you do at this pivotal moment in time that will have a meaningful impact for your black colleagues, team members, small businesses, and friends? In conclusion, I'll leave you with this. At a time when our country is in the midst of a pandemic, it is both horrifying and sadly unsurprising that our black communities are hurting and many of us myself included, are searching for ways to stand up for what we believe and reach out to people we love to show solidarity. It is my hope that finally, after over 400 years of slavery, segregation, state-sanctioned violence, and ongoing discrimination, we have reached a point where we can collectively say that black lives matters while also taking concrete actions to make those words a reality. I pray we all have the strength for this journey, just as I pray for the souls and the families of those who were taken from us. It has been an extraordinarily challenging several weeks in our country, coming on top of an extraordinarily challenging few months. But these challenges and struggles are nothing new to us in the Black community. I do want to personally say to all our Black students, families, colleagues, and friends out there like you, I am profoundly saddened, angry, and frustrated. Very frustrated. But most importantly, I also celebrate our beauty Our resilience and our strength. Just recently actually a colleague asked me how can I do my part and support Black Lives Matters and communities of color. My answer was this when it comes to addressing these issues and bringing about change in this country the first step is getting everyone involved and engaged no matter what your personal situation is or your limitations. Look for ways to become educated about issues facing people of color and have those difficult conversations with your friends, family, and neighbors. And together, the people in this country can bring about change and create an environment that is truly equitable for every person regardless of their race or station in life. Secondly, support Black-owned businesses It's important to support local businesses, yes, but it's especially important to support Black-owned businesses. Owners often have trouble securing loans and often are overlooked when it comes to federal aid. And finally, check out Letters for Black Lives. This is a site I actually stumbled upon recently which is a bilingual resource aimed at creating opportunities for open and honest conversations about racial justice, police violence, and anti-blackness in our communities. The letters on their site are thought provoking and are created to be conversation starters. Michelle Obama said it well, guys. And I quote, it's up to all of us, black, white, everyone, no matter how well meaning we think we might be to do the honest, uncomfortable work of rooting it out. It starts with self-examination and listening to those whose lives are different from our own. And it ends with justice, compassion, and empathy that manifests in our lives and on our streets." End quote. And on that note, guys, I wanna give a huge shout out and a big thank you to Elite Conversations Podcast Media for producing my podcast. They are the engine behind what I do. To learn about their powerful podcast community and their tremendous podcast services, you can go to EliteConversations.com backslash my podcast. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode. Thanks for joining us this week on Just Minding My Black Owned Business. As always, please share, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you do use. Thanks again for listening. And remember, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. See you next episode.
0: You've been listening to the Just Mind in My Black-Owned Business with Lynn Nicole podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like more information on any of our stories or would like to know how to get involved and share your story, head over to our website at theclickurban.com to contact us. Have a great week, and we'll see you next episode.